Hello everyone. In this video, I'm going to be doing a Q&A session that is question and answer session directly to answer your questions. So this is a question I have received a list of questions from Mr. Stacy. He's from Oklahoma in the US and he writes, I'm interested in starting a contact center business. I'm here in the US and would like to obtain US contracts that will allow my company to hire agents internationally. Are you able to help guide me in the right direction towards obtaining contracts? After this, he has shared a list of questions which I'm going to quickly read it for you and then I will be answering all the questions. The first question is about topic is legalities. In order to remain compliant with US laws in regards to our US based company, some contract subcontracting offshore overseas call centers to fulfill our contracts. What all documents do we need to remain compliant here in the US? And what filing requirements must we complete for taxes for outsourcing overseas? When it comes to the local taxation part or legal licensing requirements, every country has different laws. Here in India, we have a completely different laws. The Philippines has their own. And even in the US or their states also has local laws. So I always suggest that, you know, take recommendations or advice from the company lawyers or company secretary, chartered accountants. They're the best advisors for this. But when it comes to uh, company structure, how you should structure your company um, between the US and India, that is something that I can suggest you. So your marketing office needs to be there in the US, which will be doing all marketing and accounting activities. That is actually bringing the clients in and then billing them or invoicing them and getting the revenue in. Once you get the revenue, you should be only sending the cost to your offshore center. So your offshore center will be in India, Philippines, or Jamaica in developing countries because you get the cost advantage there. And you will be only sending the amount which is required to run that offshore center. But your major revenue will be coming only in your marketing office. So your marketing staff, we can see, or the number of people that you will be hiring in the US will be relatively very less because it's just going to be doing uh, marketing activities and accounting activities. Whereas your offshore center will have 70 to 80% of staff because they will be doing all the business operation activities, anything which is required from the client when it comes to customer support, data collection, data processing. So all those activities will be done from your offshore centers. That's a typical uh, framework that I will suggest you in this. The second question is about pay. So what does BPO clients usually pay per outsource call center contract? Is it anywhere between $12 to $20 per hour? It is not because of course the American clients or European or Australian clients, they definitely want to pay less than what they're paying there uh, locally. If it is the same pricing, then why would they offshore or why would they outsource it to any third party companies? So the pricing typically in this business is between $10 to $12 for the voice agent. Voice that means the agent who is directly getting in touch with the direct client, direct, uh, you know, direct customers. So if he is actually on a call, if he is giving the customer support or this type of services to the customer, he is a voice agent and you should be billing uh, billing your clients around $10 to $12 for such employees. The other billing uh, structure is for non-voice agents. So non-voice agents is basically the person is not directly interacting with the customer, but he's doing all back-end operations or back-end support 
for the company that includes data processing, data mining, data entry, accounts reconciliation, email or chat support. So these are the activities done by non-Hoyce agent and the average pricing is between $5 to $7. So this is about your second question. The third one is how often do clients usually pay? So clients, it all depends on the contract between the service provider and the client and you can definitely negotiate with your clients, you know, as per your requirements. So you can also share your terms, but average, we can say that it is a bi-weekly. So every 15 days you should be receiving the funds. Uh, you should be sending them the billing report and they should be paying you. So typically it is bi-weekly, but yes, of course you can negotiate it depending on your requirements. The fourth one is, does clients pay upfront after awarding the contract or after work is completed by the hour? Yes, they can definitely pay you between 20 to 25%. Um, if you have, you know, if they have a requirement of say immediately 25 employees to begin with from next month, then you should definitely ask them for minimum 25% advance because you will be deploying all the resources infrastructure um, you know talent acquisition training there are a lot of activities done which are going to be cost intensive so it is definitely worth asking them for a minimum 25 percent of the revenue or 25 percent advance for the first month okay the next question is securing international clients so the fifth question is how can we secure clients that allow us to hire overseas call centers to fulfill our customer service contracts there, there are two ways of doing it. One is that if you have really large investments, then I suggest that you can hire your own business development team in, in the targeted country. Like if you're looking for clients in the UK, then have your business development team in the UK or do the partnership with any marketing company over there and they will be able to help you because they have a local network there. But that only depends on, you know, if you have that much of investment or capital, and if you're ready to be patient for at least one year or you know between six months to one year time to invest that much money required for the marketing expenses to create that branding and positioning in the local uh, local area or that particular industry and region if you don't have it the only alternative option that i suggest is doing two ways one is social media marketing because social media can help you to reach you know across the borders social media is such a such a great tool that especially video content so if you're do, doing video contents and if you're doing it regularly and if it's a value added content that means it's it's not a it's not a you know selfish content it needs to be selfless content people should get benefit out of your content if you're doing that and if you're focusing on that people will get educated they will get information about you know what your company offers what are the services what expertise do you have and they will be getting in touch with you this is one way of doing it the second way is crm sales automation so the more database that you have uh, in in your crm and the way you set up your automations it will start sending back-to-back -back emails follow-up emails to your target prospects and it will help you to get appointments, telephonic appointments with them. And once you get appointments, you can start speaking with them, do the presentation and get clients on board. How you get the database is again another way. So I will suggest you quickly is that you can get the database from DNB Hoover or Lead411. There are several websites from where you can get database. Database is extremely important when it comes to client acquisition. 
The another way is uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. From there also you can directly get in touch with your potential prospects. So that answers your fifth question, how you can get clients on board. So these are the two activities that I suggest you if you have less investment and if you're getting into international market. Number six is, are we able to purchase a list of international clients from you? Uh, do you teach us step-by-step step how to get approved? So if you're looking for purchasing the client's database, you know, the leads database, then yes, definitely you can buy. Um, you know, if you're looking to looking for a help from me in sales automation, CRM sales automation and ready database of international prospects, you can let me know, message me and I can help you in that. Some of the information is also shared on my executive program. So you can directly go there on executive program. The links are there in the description. Go and check it out. It will be definitely helpful for you. Then uh, the part of the question is that uh, do you teach us step by step how to get approved? So I think uh, you know that includes uh, there are two programs basically. Executive program is how to set up your sales CRM automations and project planning. The second is client acquisition program that how you can actually you know create brand awareness and how you can reach your international prospects through social media and there are various other uh, ways that you know have explained there in client acquisition program. So you can go through both the programs. The seventh question is how long does it usually take to secure a client if your business is up and running? So, you know, it is a direct question about the sales cycle. Many people are not even aware that, you know, what a sales cycle is because they have different expertise coming from business operations or different ways. But when it comes to sales marketing, then, uh, you know, th there is a sales pipeline which you really need to build. Sales pipeline is basically, you know, if you're having conversations with one or two or four or five people, the conversion is not going to be that much. So you need to have, as I explained it in the last question, you must have a really huge database of international prospects or, you know, your target prospects. The more database you have, and once you set up your sales CRM automations, the conversion is going to be between four or five percent so you will be getting inquiries or appointments of minimum four to five percent people and once you start talking to them then the your sales pipeline starts the sales sales pipeline is basically prospecting the very first one is prospecting so that is you know getting the appointments after that qualifying the lead that means every lead is not qualified does not mean that you know anyone sends you requests that will be qualified as per your company's criteria so you need to qualify it depending on your company's criteria after qualification then actually finding out the decision maker who is the decision maker in their business is it going to be the president vice president owner so whom you are interacting with so you need to identify who is the decision maker after then sending the proposal uh, you know proper proposal with corporate presentation pricings everything this is a fourth step that is sending proposal then negotiating you will have to negotiate with them you know on the pricing and everything and once the uh, nego negotiation part is done then it's going to be either deal win or deal deal lose so either you're going to win that deal and get the client on board or the deal will be lost because of several reasons maybe because of the competition because of the negotiation problem or they're not comfortable with the price xyz reasons so this is a typical uh, sales cycle so from prospecting to the final decision it is going to take minimum 90 days time because you're not selling a low ticket item like you know you're not selling something like the magazines or antivirus or uh, or a website so anything you know within 500 dollars you're not selling something like that 
so you are basically asking your clients to outsource their important task to your company and this is a strategic level decision it is not an operational level decision it's not going to be quick to decide it you know once in the morning and then they will outsource their task to you there is a chain of decision makers there will be multiple people who will be making this type of decision for example the owners uh, presidents vice presidents or that particular department managers they all will be thinking deciding and then make the decisions you need to make sure that the sales pipeline is going to take time but the only answer or the only way to get more clients on board is building bigger sales pipelines so you need to have more database you need to be really strong on social media and specifically linkedin twitter and reach out to more people explaining about your services and helping them with you know the value added content and the more appointments that you get on board for your client the more chances are going to be there in uh, getting really good clients for your business okay so the next question is number 8 what does client require in order for us to get approved for contract so i believe this question is about the criteria so the if you if you're going for larger companies uh, if you're going for mid sized companies there are stringent criteria uh, you know when it comes to qualifying the service providers so they will be making sure you know they have certain criteria do you have so and so years of experience like you know minimum 6 to 7 years of experience how many clients have you catered in the past how many employees do you have what kind of resources and it infrastructure do you have what kind of data security that you know you maintain your in your company uh, are you iso standard company so there will be a different set of criteria that they will ask but if you're a startup company you don't have to worry about that what i suggest is that instead of focusing on mid size or large size companies why don't you target small size or startup companies uh, in developed nations so startup companies who have just recently started uh, which are 3 years old uh, they have a typical team strength of around 20 to 25 people that's a typical strength and they are growing companies so they will not be very stringent about the qualification criteria when it comes to service providers but they will definitely would want to save the cost um you know employee payroll they want to make their companies operations efficient effective so they are in need of such services but their uh, qualification criteria for the service providers is not going to be that stringent so number 9 question is does client provide the training modules or do we as a company create our own so the training is provided in two ways one is that if you are hiring you know if you are developing the offshore center and when it comes to contact center industry uh, the one training is given by the offshore centers that is a bna training that is voice and accent training because your employees are situated in different culture different geography they have a different mother tongue influence so there are you know the, the, these are the internal trainings which are conducted when it comes to contact centers that is voice and accent training but when it comes to process training then this is something that in the first place the client is going to give you so client is going to help you in that you will have to document the entire process your manager will go to the client's location or client's manager will come to uh, your offshore center and he will be teaching or he will be giving the training to the first level employees so your managers or senior managers they will be getting trained by the client so they will have to document the entire process this process is, is called as process transitioning so the when it, there is a transitioning happening from the developed country to offshore center 
you will have to document the entire process and then you will have to conduct next batches of training for your next employees you hire in offshore development center so this is about the trading part the number 10 question is what customer service client industry has the most simple and easy to learn training but has consistent and steady hours available so when it, when it comes to any industry you say when it comes to travel industry um, when it comes to finance industry e-commerce healthcare all these industries which are you know giving good revenue uh, they're steady and they're giving really great revenue when it you know for the outsourcing industry all these industries they have their own trainings and some of the companies have complex trainings it goes on for six six months time so it there is nothing called simple that you know anything will be simple yes in contact centers uh, things have changed and you know people literally get some of the small businesses they get very simple processes like limousine booking appointment booking so there is not much training required there but also those are not sustainable or they are not going to be long-term profitable businesses for you so if you're looking for something long-term profitable business for you then i suggest in either of these uh, industries there is going to be an intensive training that is going to happen which may be you know varying from one month to six months time so that's that's going to be there the last question is 11 what are the top five to ten industries that you would recommend for obtaining contracts brilliant question i have always suggested that don't go for at a startup stage don't go for five or ten industries at all and even not more than one geography at all because the more you know you keep the target range wide and open the more difficult it's going to be for you to create references in the industry for example if you're creating references only in healthcare industry in the us you have decided your geography and your industry and once you start with lead generation prospecting and you're talking to 10 business development managers you're talking to the business owners or presidents in you know in your targeted area or targeted industry you can easily get references you can easily use their terminology when you're closing the deal when you're doing the presentation you understand the bottleneck of that particular industry what are the problems in this industry so how you can actually bring your solutions for so and so industry to solve those problems and get clients on board but if you make it wide and open in the beginning stage it's going to be more difficult for you because every industry has their own problems they have own difficulties they have their own bottlenecks and then you coming coming up with your own solutions to handle or to answer all those problems will be really difficult so if you're a startup startup business i suggest you to stay focused on one or two industries uh, the industries which i recommend is travel and hospitality healthcare banking in france and e-commerce these are four industries which will definitely be profitable for you if you stay focused so in this video i think i have covered all 11 important questions asked by stacy uh, if you guys have any questions make sure to share me in comments or directly whatsapp me and i will be filming another video if they are really great questions i will be definitely filming another video uh, if you have got some value from this video make sure to give me a thumbs up and subscribe to this channel to watch more videos about outsourcing and offshoring and be in touch i will see you in the next video thank you